Welcome to the Heart of the Matter podcast, where we talk about scripture, theology, and anything relating to God in a loving conversation. And where we try to get to the heart of the matter. Welcome to another edition of Heart of the Matter podcast. I'm your host, Josh Hellman, and I'm excited that we are still moving along. We're still here. Um, so if you are listening in and uh, you feel blessed, please hit the share button, smash it, you know, step on it, whatever you have to do. Don't break your computer <laughs> while doing it. Um, but we are excited because we are moving on from uh, in our series of identity in Christ. We talked about being a child of God the last two episodes, and now we are talking about in the same realm, but we are adopted. We have been adopted in God uh, as God's ch- children. So we really want to, again, like I said, we really want to focus on giving you guys as many scriptures as possible to build you up in your identity. Um, we think it's something that isn't, it, it, maybe not the fault of the church, but it really doesn't feel like it gets taught as much as it need as we need to. We focus on other things, topical things like homosexuality, abortion, all these things, but we don't want to talk about the things that define us as a Christian, like, and, and build us up in that and then from that stem out. So, yeah. um, but uh, just want to welcome my my cohorts, John Vandaloo. What's up, guys? How you doing? I'm doing good. Having a fiery conversation here, so I'm ready yeah. to get into this. Yeah, and uh, Kiefer Strassman in the house. How's it going? It's going all right. How are you doing? Oh, we're doing good. We're doing good. Um, yeah, well, we we like we say before, we have conversations before we actually podcast. We we typically get together at like seven thirty two, do the podcast. We set up and we're already going ten minutes, and then two hour conversation later, we start recording, and then we record for an hour, and then we have like another two hour conversation <laughs> afterwards. Um, so it's 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 a little mix of everything. Um, so if you guys think like, well, why don't these guys get into these topics and those topics? We talk about that stuff. We just don't record them yet because we, you know, we have to stay focused somewhat on on the direction we're going. Yeah. We're eventually going to get to these things. But well, uh, I mean, like you're a father of two. I'm a father of three. Yeah. You know, we and I key for your bachelor, but <laughs> you don't have anything to do. I don't know. And, uh, and then like father of some hot sauce that you make. <laughs> hot sauce. Yeah. <laughs> It's like such a podcast thing. Just yeah. like dudes making hot sauce over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, what do you, I cut video, I put servers together, and I make hot sauce. <laughs> and, and then you all have your own design, you know. Yeah. So, uh, but yes. like we want to, you know, but like we want to move into, you know, obviously if we, if uh, you know, we gain support, you know, supporters, make some more money from that, or make mm. any money about any money at all from yeah. this. Uh, yeah, you know, we'd love to put out long form episodes, maybe daily episodes. You know, like yeah. so is that something that could. Come out of this in the future uh once our listeners gain um you know we get more traction um mm. more audience so share 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 yeah. and we're still Help building up the there. studio Help. i know uh we're, we're so close but uh, we, we still got a sick yeah we've had a demon of infirmity upon <laughs> like all of us um it's amazing how i feel like differently attacked since we've started this podcast and everything and um my wife is even saying that she wants to start up a, a Bible study at our house now. Like she, you know, I know we did the chosen kind of thing, but uh, she wants to actually start a Bible study up and maybe do like a Messianic Jewish Bible study or something and discuss and everything. So, um, but it, it, it is weird when you start inviting those things and how much more you do start to see like the attacks of the enemy on your, like, Oh, all of a sudden, like I have all this work I've got to do. Oh, all of a sudden I'm getting sicker 
like than I don't normally get, you know, like all of a sudden we have all these problems going on. So it, it is a spiritual battle. And, um, but yeah, we just want to continue to, to build. We've, like I said, we've got the, the studio is almost there. We got to finish up some background stuff. We've got to get some electrical equipment and then you guys can, uh, see our faces, whether you want to or not. It's an option. (laughs) There we are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you could put it uh, there, but, um, yeah, thanks for listening. If you do listen, um, we don't want this show to be a hot topic show. There's so many of those out there. This isn't necessarily that show. It doesn't mean that we won't talk about them. Like we will get into that stuff, but this is supposed to be an open forum discussion. And we, we want to focus on some of the things we think the church isn't really talking about as much as they should, or uh, maybe it's starting to talk about those things, but um, there's a lot of interesting things we want to talk about. You know, there's videos about uh, the the Nephilim and stuff. And I know we hint on that. There's videos on Revelation and all this stuff, stuff that we want to eventually get into. But, um, you know, we kind of have a vision. We want to make sure we're following it out. We might switch it up a little bit. But uh, we also want to give a shout out to Mark. He's kind of having some R&R this weekend. He's not sick. He's actually just uh, going and in, in, uh, probably raising some support or talking with some friends, hanging out with them. So. Yeah. Um, you know, we just want to, you know, pray for him as he, for safe travels. It's, we, we live in the great white North. So we had, uh, like 2000 inches of snow all of a sudden, <laughs> and now it's going to be 60 degrees in two days in all melt. So, yeah. I don't, so, uh, <laughs> so glad crazy. I spent like seven hours of snow removal to <laughs> watch it all no, melt. It wasn't, that, it wasn't that much. It wasn't that bad. Yeah, it we, used to be when I used to shovel, I, that's what I used to be. I got a snowblower a couple of years ago and. Took way too. It's like the smartest buy you could ever do. I mean, I can't mm-hmm. believe I shoveled for so many years. We got a mm-hmm. uh, snowblower for my uncle just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, First time go. I've ever had a snowblower in my life. Yeah, and I was all excited for you know the snow hits. I'm upstairs early. I'm like, I'm gonna snowblow. This is awesome. Well, this year snow removal is included in our rent. Oh wow! And, uh, so I look outside. <laughs> That's so and, funny. And they're literally uh, clearing out our driveway. Like, I used to like. I used. Don't get me wrong. I used to like shoveling for like exercise. But my gosh, the the ergonomics of shoveling is so bad for your body. Yeah, lower back especially. Yeah, it's like awful. you walk back in the house when you're done, and you're you. I could barely do anything else like yeah. for the rest of the couple of days. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, it, it's it's so weird too the weather and and we do also want to send out you know prayers and oh, stuff for yeah. the for the tornado victims. Um, they're still searching for people they yeah. haven't found. So we just want to say you know we, we want to pray for you guys. Um, we just send prayer protection and, and and you know God's comfort and mercy over the families that have lost loved ones. Um, we know that this isn't easy. Things like this aren't always easy. People like to question God's mercy and stuff in this time. And, and we just want to say, you know, we're, we're here for you. God's here for you. Um, we know tragedy is going to befall us at some point in our lives. Um, death is always there. But uh, we just want to say we love you guys. If there's anything we can do, you know, just write us. If we can pray for you guys or anything, we just want to send out prayer for you guys. Um, so... Yeah, there's a lot of things going on in this earth. Um, you know, sometimes we like to look at things like this and say, well, it's the end times. And it's like, well, it could be a sign of it. Um, but, you know, this stuff has happened since yeah. the beginning of time. Like, you know, so but uh, yeah, we're going to get into our topic here. Um, we just want to jump in. Um, yeah, let's just jump in, man. I, I, I really <clears throat> wanted you to say, well, yeah, I mean. I guess we'll maybe wait for Holy Spirit's lead on this, but 
put a halt. I like mid. I stopped mid sentence there before. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. We need to be recording this. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but we could maybe that maybe this will naturally come out here too. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Is that there? You know, we were just talking about the the love of God and how that quote though, dude. You were in tears when you said it too. Oh man, it was so good. The the love of God. Yeah. Like, like oh the yeah. The profoundness the, of like if you like we we. We sh- I, I was just making the statement, like, I, and it was probably just the spirit kind of leaning on me, which is like, I shouldn't be able to fathom the love of God for it to be the love of God. Like, if I can fathom it as a human with my mind, then that isn't the love of God. It's not that we can't glean or get revelation of God's love, but to be able to encompass all of God's love. I mean, the Bible says that it's a love beyond understanding, right? Like, I, I shouldn't be able to fathom it. It's like we can think about it. We can try to know it. And there's things, there's pictures of it we can get, like not to murder someone, you know, like <laughs> well, not to yeah. commit adultery, not to idolize um, anything but God, you know. Well, we like, get pictures of it like, you know, for example, First Corinthians 13, like just the description of what agape love is. Mm-hmm. And that That's a profound chapter in the Bible. But then you get to like, you know, how often should we forgive our brother? 70, is it 77 times seven or 70 times seven? Well, he says, should I forgive him seven times? And he says, no, you should forgive him seven times 77 times. Oh yeah. So, which just means infinite, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's like, you get these and then, and then, you know, obviously you go back to like the old Testament and just like how Israel was always running, always running, always turning to their pay, to the paganism, you know, the world, either the influence by the world around them and, and God just continually, Hmm continually coming back to them, you know, and that's like the covenant we've talked about, you know, we were talking about this the last few weeks, you know, with Abraham, God's covenant with Abraham, you know, how he was the one that walks through the, the, the calf that was split in half, you know, he created the covenant. He didn't make Abraham walk through it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I love you so much that I'm, I will hold up my end of the bargain. I'm not going to make you Yep. like, you don't have to do it. I'm God and I will do it for you. And unconditional love, unconditional. It's like just walk in faith. And so, yeah, anyway, so you were, you know, you were saying like, yeah, that, um, yeah, my wife was telling me that I I needed some encouragement this morning and my lovely wife, you know, I, I was praying to God about certain things and she was just like literally encouraging me right in line with the things I was praying to God. And so she was telling me, you know, you got to remember that, um, God loves his people. His love is so deep that for, for every single chance that God gave and forgave the Israelites or the Hebrews <clears throat> and their continual falling away, just like he does with us, like they constantly grumbled in the desert. They constantly did these things against God. As soon as he would do a miracle, two seconds later, they were turning around complaining about God. But God says, I will never leave you. I will always be with you. I will always love you because he, they are the chosen people. And like, we get to be a part of that now because of Jesus Christ. Like that's the greatness in Christ that we don't understand. The mystery of the gospel is that it's, it's not just to the Jewish people. And guess what? It was never for just the Jewish people. It was to bring people in like God his whole plan was to redeem the nations that were split apart at Babel. Like it was to redeem everyone so that we could all sing. Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God almighty. So like it, it, it's, 
even deeper, like as great as we celebrate Easter, the death, the resurrection and stuff, it's, it's greater than that. Like the, the love of God is even greater than that, but that's the picture. That's the central picture that we get of it. Like is that he literally before time knew before he even created us that there was going to be all this rebellion against him. And he still went through it, not just in creating us and giving us options to, to sin against him, but that he was literally going to go through the pain and suffering that he willingly chose to since before the pain even arrived, he was dealing with it. And then he died on the cross for us and still has to have that pain that he deals with our sin. Like, I mean, he, all the sin that was, is, and ever would be was put upon that cross, but yet he still feels the remnants of our pain. Like, I mean, like, like of our sin, you love know? bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Yeah. Like that is so profound, you know? And I, before too, what I was going to say, you know, I was saying like, you know, like we can't fathom that love fully. We can't fully grasp it, like, because we've never been loved that way by any human being. No example on earth has ever given us that taste. You know, it's only through Christ and Holy Spirit and what we can pull from God's character in his written word, you know? <clears throat> but, like, when we do, you know, people talk about, like, how experiences, we can't base anything off of experiences. But it's like, but Paul in Second Corinthians 1 says that our afflictions, our sufferings, like we go through them so that we can comfort others. Well, what is yeah. the afflictions? What are the sufferings? Those are experiences. Those are experiences that drive us closer to Christ, to his character. What, mm. what, you know, like Job. <clears throat> so, you know, I was saying it's like, I can get a glimpse of God. Like I know God, how forgiving God is because I've had to forgive. I've had to forgive intense things in my life, things that, the world would not understand. Like you should not forgive that person. I couldn't, no. you know, the type of stuff that people may have been suicidal for, you know, like I was carried through that by the power of the Holy spirit, even when I wasn't close with God, you know, and, but I knew that God's hand was on it. Like I knew that cause I grew up with the truth, you know? So it's like, so going to that situation, I, I, I could, I knew that God was there and I could rely upon him. And it was the only way that I could get through the situations. So it's like, <clears throat> and I could walk away with that forgiveness and that love for those people that hurt me, mm. you know, and I don't even think about it. Like I'm delivered from whatever that pain was, you know, that trauma, that abuse, whatever, you know what I mean? Like the stuff that I've gone through and it's like, I'm not, I'm no angel either. I've hurt people, you know? Yeah. And you know, I've done similar things to the things that I was had to go through, you know so what I mean? So, but through that, um, you know, going through that, uh, that experience, shedding the tears, uh, living through that forgiveness, like actually walking in the forgiveness and that love, that selflessness, like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm not going to be selfish here. I'm just going to let go of me yeah. in this situation because it, the more that I hung on to myself, the more it hurt, mm -hmm. you know? And it's like, that's so it's so counterintuitive to our sinful carnal nature, right? We we literally want to do what feels good to us, but every time we do that, it seems it like it, it, it yeah, it, it actually hurts us more. And that's where I've come to in a struggle with in the struggles in my life with, you know, porn addiction and stuff like that is that it's like 
you get to this point where you, the emptiness of it, the voidness of it, even when you choose to do it for the slight gratification of feeling like there's just this pain about it. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a wedge in between you and God in between you and what you were intended to be on your side. Yeah. And on even, your side of things, you know, and if you're married, you and your, your wife, and if you're not married, you and your future wife, cause I'm going to tell you right now, you think that just because you're not married and you're, you're, you know, watching porn and stuff that it's going to be okay. It's going to be different when you're married. Uh, Satan no. will worm his way through that. Yeah, it, yeah. It, first of all, it's going to be exponentially worse. But secondly, you're already preparing for there to be strongholds and battles in that relationship. And <laughs> and I can tell you that from from experience, like it, 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 it is something that, like you said, it, Satan worms his way in there. It's a foothold. <clears throat> you know, I, you know, I want to say this actually, too, because it just came to my mind. I just wanted to speak it, you know. Uh, we we need to we need to toss out that toxic masculinity too in the church. Well, it worms its way in through culture, and then what I'm about to say is basically like, you know, when you're talking to a person, and you know, maybe I'm sharing my testimony about my infidelity or you know my porn addiction that I you know that God has delivered me from, but like you're talking to this guy who might be more innocent to that stuff, and he kind of shyfully says, well, you know, well I'm a virgin, you know, it's like it, it's like. You know, hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. You know, like let's it it becomes like this, this, this shell, you know, in these meetings where it's almost you almost feel ashamed to say you're a virgin as a man. Mm-hmm. If you're a man in a group of other men who are not, you mm-hmm. know, so it's like as they're and they're Christians, you know, it's like you're in a safe circle. And we're going to we're going to praise you for being a virgin. Like, good. Yeah. You've been shielded from the devil. Like, amen. Mm-hmm. So. <clears throat> There's no shame in that, people. And find brothers in Christ. If you're men listening to this, you know, find people that you can spend time with. They're not going to judge you for doing good things. And, well, I don't think they would, but I'm saying that, like, get that out into the open. Mm-hmm. Don't feel ashamed of following God's word. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. don't be ashamed of the gospel. Don't be ashamed that you're that you have more innocence. Like, there's no shame in that because we brag about it. You know, it's like you grew up. I know if you went to a public high school. You know, there was people bragging about having sex that weren't even having sex, you know, like there. And then the people that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, we live in that culture of like friends, you know, like shows like Friends and Seinfeld and all this stuff have taught us that that's what. Yeah. That's that's normal life. Right. Yeah. Every finding dates and every day is (laughs) is going out to a bar, going out here and pick up chicks, you know, whatever. And that's what, you know, music has taught us and stuff like this. And it's like. I, I don't think that was the norm at one point. And obviously it wasn't the norm in my life. And some people could say, well, it was the norm in ours, but maybe in the bigger cities, it was more normal. But now it's so prevalent everywhere and out in the open. It's younger and younger and younger. too. I, I think that we do this thing where we allow our culture to influence the way we think and say, well, if I'm not doing that, then I'm not the normal one. When stuff, when, when they obviously lie straight to our faces on things and they deceive us, it's like literally... Why are we listening to these people? Why are we listening to people who deception is their lives? And I'm not speaking ill of acting, but like what I'm saying is like they 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 put on dress and makeup and they become people who they are not. And then they have the right to tell us what to do with our lives. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, like, and uh, reality TV is. Uh, I was talking well. about politicians. No. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I, and. and 
like it's all so, written too. They have people that yeah. write their stuff for them. So you you have the media, you have politicians, you have like even in big businesses and stuff like that. We're letting these people like Coke with their commercials tell us what happiness should be. It should be everybody from a different religion and different, you know, it's witchcraft orientation and stuff all together, whatnot, whatever. We're describing witchcraft of the flesh. You know yeah. that? Because rebellion is is that of witchcraft. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's literally like the world is run under the power of witchcraft is what it is. And our flesh is like there's witchcraft of the flesh, but then the witchcraft of the flesh slow, slowly. Well, not slowly. could be really super quickly. But you know what I mean? Like uh, the spiritual aspects follow it. There will always be like there will always be demons following around witchcraft. Yeah. Right. But it, witchcraft does come out in the flesh. And it's our we we live in a country that is witchcraft. I mean, like everything is witchcraft now. Well, not everything, but you know what I'm saying. You know, there, there's intense. a lot of it's stuff intense. Start out to recon- there. Yeah. Start to ne- recognize the devices that you're seeing. You know, I'm not one of those people that's like, you know, throw away everything that you have. Like I have a TV. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> be conscientious of what is around you, what you're paying attention, what you're not casting down, what you're go- what's going into. What your are you eyes. agreeing with? What are you yeah. in agreement with? We need to be careful about that. Like, obviously, we can't shelter ourselves from the world like we can't mm. it's impossible so just be careful you know be conscientious but yeah we just you know I, I thought it was something that people needed to hear and i know i know this is a prevalent message but it can't be said enough that you know god loves and he loves you but just the i i think a lot of times we say that as a cliche but to really know the depths of god's love like we can't like, I mean, God, the only way you get to know that is experiencing it. And the only way you get to experience is that. And sometimes is understanding like what he did for you is reading the experiences that he went through. And that, like you said, sometimes we experience with them. I know that people like the topic of like how we shouldn't be moved by our emotions. And, you know, I mean, there is like a cautious, right? There is like there there's this cautionary. Like, I get it. Like, there's a cautionary there. Like, we can't be governed by our emotions, but like we can't pretend either that experiencing Christ isn't an emotional feeling. And Mm -hmm. I know that it's not like, you know, obviously, like you're going to get like the more fundamentalist critique of like how that worship isn't the Holy Spirit necessarily. It's like, no, it's a vehicle. It's a vehicle. Right. It's up to the heart to either open themselves to the God fully or not. You know, but like when you experience Christ, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but (laughs) it's just like, I guess like the experiencing the love, like what changes you? What actually changes you? There is a change Mm -hmm. and you are experiencing the change. Kiefer, I mean, you could detest to this because you, Mm. you, well, the first day that you prayed independently, I mean, you had a vision too. So, I mean, just like, so Christ like gave you a vision, which was then confirmed by like, oh, that's a gemstone that's like on his throne. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so. (laughs) Well, it's like, it's like this morning I was saying that, you know, I'm sitting here praying to God for encouragement and even in my mind, I'm thinking, am I really going to get this encouragement? And, you know, sure enough, like not even 10 minutes later, my wife is texting me the things that I'm praying about. Like, that's God showing his love. Like, it, God's love isn't always saving what did you, you from fe- every little thing. Yeah. What did you feel in that moment? I felt comforted because yeah. he's the comforter. You know, I yeah. felt like, oh, man, <clears throat> he 
that's a God thing. He literally listened to my prayer. But you probably felt like an actual physiological change in your body, yep. probably. Yeah, well, because so, that's what it does. So I'm saying, I guess what this is, I got, I, my brain finally reconnected the wires that needed to be connected. <laughs> uh, but like when you sin, when you're like, when you're, when you're walking in some sin and you finally turn back to God and you, and you have that burden on you, you can feel the burden in you. Mm-hmm. You can feel the tumult. You can feel that twisted upness inside your body, right? You almost mm-hmm. feel sick, like guilt, shame, whatever it is. It's kind of twisting you up a little bit. You could feel it. You might even feel a little sick. Right. You know, these are feelings that we have. And when you surrender to Christ, when you surrender to him, you let go of it. He takes it from you. This is a spiritual thing that's taking place mm-hmm. that you are feeling mm-hmm. because there is a lift off of you. So, well, we, we get so like in our corners about things. And I know we've talked about this with theological stuff, but we do it with like emotions and stuff too. Again, everything comes in a balance because like you're saying, it's, it's like we, we're not governed by our emotions, but let's think about love. Like there's a lot of people that think love is whatever it is. No, love is a choice, but with that choice comes feelings. Every choice you make is going to bring feelings about it. Like bravery, bravery is a choice, but there's definitely fear and like anxiety and worry that's built up in that choice because that's how you become brave in spite of those things i'm I'm going to yeah i'm going to do that that's what faith is think about faith faith is saying in the midst of this pressure that i'm getting from other people or from culture or from even maybe martyrdom like i'm still going to have the faith in God to go through my obedience and follow what he's telling me to do. And that's what faith is. So yeah, it's like, I get it when we do see people that are, there's like these intents that we have that start off good, but then we very easily turn them evil, which is we don't want people that are coming in here, making a mockery of worship of God and just being like, Oh yeah, this is a rock concert. I'm just here to have fun, get on the vibes and everything. I I get that. I think it just goes too crazy. It just goes, it's like, I mean, it's like, obviously the, the evidence of the Holy Spirit at work is the fruit, right? We know this or the power, the gifts, you know, like that, that would be evidence of the Holy Spirit as well. Deliverance is evidence of the Holy Spirit. You know, people would say, well, Satan does that. It's like, well, then you look at the fruit after it. You know, mm-hmm. so when I deliver a demon, from, uh, if I cast a demon out of someone, what's their fruit look like the next three days? Are they praying, uh, praying blessings or curses over people? Are they, yeah, yeah. you know, like, are they foaming at the mouth and the, cutting themselves or are they like saying, or is like healings? Are they like on their knees crying before God mm-hmm. saying, hallelujah, Jesus, you are my God. You know, like, uh, you know what I mean? So. Like they're, <laughs> yeah, you know, so if those who do a miracle in my name, you know, they can't be apart from me. They're not going to say something negative against me right afterwards. You know, G- they, they, Jesus, Jesus said, said this, this yeah. and, and I believe it's in Mark, you know, I'm reading it or maybe it was somewhere else, but he's saying like, basically if we, we he, throw out the term false teacher, false yeah, prophet way too he, much. He, and this is why he's confronted because the disciples are coming to him saying these people are casting out demons in your name. Like they're doing these things in your name, but they're not a part of us. And Jesus basically says, so what? Like if they're doing these miracles in my name, they are, they are a part of us. Like he was getting them around to say, no, you don't understand. This isn't a click that we don't like. We're, we're shunning people away. No more of this religion where we're trying to shun people away. No, this is about bringing people to the glory of God. Like, so 
if you can't see it, that that's on you. But I'm trying to show you here right now that what you need to do is you need if they're saying it in my name and they're doing a miracle, they're not going to next say something negative about my name. Like that's the words of Jesus, like saying that. So, you know, how does that incorporate with? Well, you said in my name, I, you know, I did all these things, but I, you know, get away from me. I never knew you. Like, I feel like that verse shed a lot of light on that other verse, because I think he's saying that that person never knew Jesus. He never really did miracles. He was just maybe he was just saying that, but he was he never really knew Jesus or, you know, maybe he was saying that, but he was a part of a group that was doing it and he didn't care about it. Jesus never acknowledges that the guy did it, but we assume for some reason in our brains that he did do it because he said it. And it's like <laughs> people lie all the time. Why at the end of the, the judgment seat, everyone's going to be like, oh, no, now I know I'm either going to hell or heaven. I'm going to do anything I can to get to heaven now. Like, well, it's too late there. All Jesus is going to say or, or God's going to say, I never knew you. Why? Because you didn't know my son. You didn't put your trust in him. You didn't repent. You didn't say, I believe in yeah. your son. Now because we that's out- the thing, right? How do you get saved? You believe that Jesus Christ did on the cross what he did, forgiveness of sins. That's what the scriptures say. That's where salvation comes from. If you keep that knowledge to the end, Peter says, or Paul says, like you will be saved. Like those who keep that knowledge, they perish for lack of knowledge. The knowledge in Jesus Christ. Is it's the knowledge, it's the that. saving knowledge. Yeah. Whoever believes in him. For God so loved the world. I will not leave you. That he gave It is an unconditional love like the Abrahamic covenant. It is not upon what you do. It is who you believe in. That doesn't mean that we go about our lives sinning, right? God forbid. Absolutely not. Because evidence evidence of an actual belief is not doing the things that you're not supposed to be doing. Like, so if I actually believe that Christ is Lord king like it's going to make me not want to sin plus we have the holy spirit which influences us you know yeah so you know he's purifying us he's making us holy you know but we can still grieve him we can still quench him we can still push him down because we are the one because he gives us free will we get to choose how much we want god or not god's always there he's not far it's us who feel it makes him you know it's it's our behavior that makes him feel like he's far off when he's not and that's why god tells us not to do those things not to be part of the world like that anymore yeah he's not this guy that's that's trying to tell us i want you to be a bunch of prudes and not experience life no we got to stop looking at that way he's trying to help us to experience the most out of life because he was the creator of it like he literally fashioned us to experience things in a certain way. So when we say, oh, yeah, well, I'm not going to have fun if I'm a Christian. No, it's like you're going to have more fun than you've ever had in the cleanest way possible you've ever had because, like, you may look at holiness as not this fun thing, but, like, it is the richest life you could possibly have. And you're going to have pain. You're going to endure pain. You're going to endure all this stuff. It's not like you're oh, yeah, just you're, in this... Uh, and rejection, too. Yeah. But see, the beautiful thing about, like, being rejected by the world, it's like, well... I have my family to come back to, which is a big family. Every true believer. It's like, why do we sit here and talk for like six hours every time we get together? You know, mm. like because we're getting something here that we're not getting in the world. Yeah. And it's so it's so it's enriching. You know, it's it, mm. it's the body. Edifying. Of Christ. It's, it's edifying. It's how the body was designed. But I wanted to I wanted to get to this first verse here. Yeah. Ephesians one five. But um, I was going to say, dare I say it's church. <laughs> yeah. 
what is the purpose of church for the edification and building up believers? If people, I know people are out there for the right intent saying that when you go to church, you shouldn't seek to find things yourself. And that's partially true. I think we should be trying to help others be edified. But the purpose, Paul says, of the church is to be edified. The edification and building up of other believers. You know what's amazing about that, though? And I'm just going to say this. If you're a person who might be kind of sucking it up from other people too much, you need it. Sounds like you need it. Yep. Sounds like you're not in a position to overflow into other people's lives. And this is not a works-based gospel. If you need to come to church to receive, 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 Mm -hmm. because there's going to be someone in there that the Lord has called and anointed to pour into you. So we can't come to church feeling guilty that we're not doing enough. Mm-hmm. That's not the gospel. That's not church. That's not edifying. What so like Jesus I'm saying, say, right? like, it, it, ask and you shall receive. Ask. Come to me. My burden is light. Why do we put this restriction? Why are we restricting Jesus in church for people? You know, like, why are we telling you, you can't come to Jesus and ask? Like, it's that American mindset of works. Like when it's almost like a job mindset when we come to to church, right? Like, well, you're not pulling your weight here in church, so you really shouldn't be, you know, asking for God. Like you got to do some things you, you know, you can't just receive. Like, it's like, man, that's not what this is about. First of all, this isn't work. When I come to church, I come to worship Jesus. I'm coming to hear from him. I'm coming to, you know, experience God. Yes, that's first and foremost. And then hopefully I can have a word for someone else. But yeah, if we never have the maturity to be able to receive from God ourselves and to be, you know, let in ourselves from other people, then how can we experience, you know, give that experience to someone else? You know, like how can we give the fulfillment that God has for someone else if I can't even hear for myself what he has to say yeah. to me? You know, yeah, it's yeah, it's, and it's like I serve in the church all the time. It's uh, throughout the week, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, yeah. like picking up people for for prayer group or like just pouring into people, laying hands on people that need prayer. You know, it's like it's not just the building. Yeah. It's not just the building, but yeah, Ephesians one five. Just because we were talking about just like the love of God, but I love this line here at the end of it. In love, He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a lot there. Yeah. I love Ephesians too. It's like, yeah, I mean, power. it's a powerhouse. Paul's letters, the more you read them, like the first couple times you read them, they, they sound like a bunch of theological mumbo jumbo, but then you actually start to read them and you're like, man, he really packs the power of, the understanding of God's mercy and love and grace and, and, and all this stuff. But I, I do want to say that um, as I was kind of researching um, some words, it was kind of interesting how God plugged these together. But the the same word, one of the same words for adopted is basically like one of the same usages for appointed, like the whatever the Greek or Hebrew word is for it, I think. Um so I was doing a word study on a, a anointed and appointed, and then I happened to see like um, I, I was doing a, another word study I think on sun, and so like one of the um, words that is for adopted basically is an appointed son. That's kind of the image you get is that it, it kind of sheds a little bit of a different light I think on the word adoption is that you are an appointed son. 
And I think that plays actually perfectly into the whole picture of who we are as God. We are chosen. We were appointed by God to be his son. And so there's different ways that adoption kind of looked um, back in the the Hebrew. You have um, where they would have this kind of ritual. If, if you didn't have any kids and you were about to die or you wanted to retire or, you know, kind of you, you're passing on your business, Sometimes you would do a ceremony where you would have some older male um, come in and say, like, we're going to let you have the business, but we want you to be the family and carry on the family legacy. So there would be the ceremony where they would go through and they would have to proclaim, you are my son. And then he would have to proclaim, you are my my father and mother. You are my parents. And then what did he gain? And he would gain an inheritance, their inheritance, not the inheritance that he began his life with not the inheritance that he necessarily may have maybe he earned it earthly wise like that's why they're doing this but that wasn't his to begin with but through life like the ceremony that they go through now they're being recognized as their child and taking over the proceedings sometimes they would do it for funeral rites as well like if if you didn't have any kids to bury you you would have a temporary adoption to um basically bury these people and like you'd still get a little bit of blessing from that. Um, and then there was the typical uh, adoption of what we think uh, if, that you were just bringing kids in. But um, there, there's a little bit of different things that we don't really, I think aren't the purposes for adoption that we think of that we really do. Um, but those were some of the different forms as I was kind of learning about adoption. Well, I mean, even in society now though, I mean like, you know, if I, you know, I have natural children, so, you know, naturally if I adopt another child, the inheritance would be split mm-hmm. amongst my natural birth, you know, my natural children and the adopted child. But like I would, you know, raise that child as my own. Yeah. <clears throat> but it, it goes to, you know, again, ad- adopted. So here he's saying in love, he, God, predestined us to be appointed as sons adopted as his Mm -hmm. sons through Jesus Christ. So again, he's already before Jesus has come and given his life for us. He appointed us. He's predestined us. There's this usage again that Paul is talking about that at the beginning of time, the very beginning, before the fall, before the creation, before the earth was formed, he predestined, he appointed us. And I keep going back to that because again, it goes back to the fathoming of God's love that he knew before even all of that what was going to happen, and he still appointed us. Like, think of the junk in your life personally that you gave over to Christ or that you need to give over to Christ, and, like, he still has appointed you to sit at his council seat. Like, <laughs> I want to make a bullet point here, too, before we keep going, but, like, this is what this is what it means to when Christ was the firstborn of creation because he wasn't like, obviously Christ wasn't created. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, cause there's people out there that, that think that they, yep. they interpret John one, one or John one, two is that, you know, so like it's, it's <laughs> Jesus's death was predestined by mm-hmm. him, by his will, you know? So like, so that we also could be predestined and adopted in to that same yeah. de- designation, that same design. Yeah. And it talks about like the death of Jesus Christ, you know, like it, it wasn't until Jesus's death that people could be redeemed. Yeah. Like, so 
that's another reason why he's called the firstborn of all creation is that he was the first one to ascend after after death like back to where he was. Yep. So he's the first born into like the spiritual he- life. Yeah. He's like, we have to become born again. Right. Yeah. yeah. Do you want to enter the kingdom of God? You have to be born again. Yep. Adam wasn't born. No. Yep. Yeah. He has to go through the process of death to be ascended. You know, um, I know we were talking about that earlier that C.S. Lewis talks about that in the book miracles, reading through the book of miracles. Um, you guys should read it. I, I never really heard people when they talk about C.S. Lewis talk about this book. If you like theology, even if you don't try to give it a read, it's got some great nuggets in there. If you're always like debating people about apologetics and stuff has really good things about that. Um, but there's stuff that like I just this quote that he talked about where, you know, science is like if like all of life is a poem, science is like reading the notes of the poem but Christianity is the poem in its entirety. Um, and he has great lines like that. Like, you know, I know Christianity's true, just like I know the sun will rise in the morning, not because I can see it, but because by it, I can see everything else. And like, it just, C.S. Lewis is great. I love, I love <laughs> C.S. Lewis's stuff. Not that it, I agree with necessarily everything he says, obviously, but, um, his mind is great. And some of the stuff he, he talks about that, like, you know, embracing death, because even though it's Satan's greatest weapon, it's God's greatest weapon. So just a little plug for C.S. Lewis. I know he's in heaven right now, but uh, um, he's got a great mind and I like his his stuff. So mere Christianity screw tape letters. Those were the ones that were always promoted in college. Never heard anything about miracles until my wife got me the collection. And so I started reading that and. Um, it's hard. It's, it's deep theology and it it's like older English, but, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's good if you can get through it. But yeah, you know, this, the scripture, he's talking about how we're predestined and it's his will and pleasure that we become his family. So his pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that nuts to think about? Hmm. Kiefer, you're, you're, <laughs> You being adopted was his pleasure. Yeah. Pleasureful for God. Yeah. It's, it's just listening to you guys kind of discuss that is really cool. Um, and just like that, that kind of Jesus being the firstborn and then us being the secondary sons, brothers in Christ. I know that's not necessarily the same brothers, but it is, you know? And so it's just, he calls his brother. I mean, he calls his friend. Yeah. Yeah. Calls his son. It's like God is so big. Yeah. Hey, we're we're gonna be talking about friends in Christ later. That's, yeah, that's yeah, a different yeah. idea. That's the spoiler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, spoiler children, alert. Children. We're children right now. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Adopted children specifically. Yeah. We'll move on to the next verse. Yeah, um, we'll read uh, Psalm sixty eight, um, verses five through six here. He is a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. And so some of these scriptures that I'm going to read, it actually, you know, talks about that, the father to the fatherless. Like we've been adopted, like we didn't have a father. Um, Or some people will say, you know, our father was Satan up until a point. Um, You know, I don't know about that, but we are born into this world where it is ruled by a father of lies, the the Satan, and that... (laughs) 
Yeah. We are adopted in the Christ family. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if we are born of lies, if we are born of that, the adoption thing kind of makes sense. Like we, we get to inherit the kingdom of heaven, but again, a father to the fatherless. I think, you know, that's why Jesus does care about the orphans and the widows. These, the people that are left behind because that's the whole picture of redemption, right? That like we literally are adopted into the family of God. That's the picture that's being sent. Why is marriage so important? Because marriage is a picture of the union between us and God. Um, the, the, the depths of the Adam knowing Eve is God knowing man. Like that's how deep his love is for us. You know, we're not having actual physical sexual relations with God. <laughs> Some people would think that and do that in older religions. They make idols and stuff. But we're talking about that God knew us to the depths of creation, which is even farther than a sexual love. Yeah. And so it is even <clears throat> deeper than that. It's just trying to show the symbolism <clears throat> of God's desire and pleasure and love with us. And so here, you know, again, it's another symbolism of adoption well he's a father to the fatherless he 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 takes care of the orphan well that's a picture of god's love for us we weren't a part of his family but because of christ we can now be a part of his family god sets the lonely in families yeah i like that well i think it's i think it's interesting it's just like you know so many people's stories is like i was at the end of my rope i was i didn't have hope I was strung out on drugs. I was this, I was that, I was in prison, whatever it is, whatever it is, you know, this natural disaster did this, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like there are these examples where I am lonely and that loneliness, like we yearn, our hearts yearn for something more because we are, we're, we're, we're a spirit (laughs) dwelling within a body, Mm. Walking around and that doesn't make sense to a lot of people. Some, you know, that you got the new age movement that's like trying, you know, trying to figure it out and so on. But, but you know what I mean? Like, C.S. Lewis was actually talking about that in Miracles too. the, the miraculousness of how there's no other creature that jokes about its like own existence. Um, Like an angel wouldn't make light of being an angel because that would seem ludicrous a dog wouldn't make light of it being a dog because that would seem ludicrous to itself but a human makes light of death because there's some we know that we weren't meant to be separated physical and spirit that we were intended to be together from the beginning but we have to go through the death of our physical and then we will have another physical birth like not like it's like everyone the majority of people in this world believe that yeah like it's whether it's reincarnation whether it's you know it's like there's very few true just it's darkness nothingness after you know mm. like well that's and, and that's the thing that separated us from the angels right is that he made flesh and bone he's like i'm gonna take what i've created before but this time i'm gonna put flesh and bone to it and so that physical part was a new piece that hadn't really ever been done before because we talk about the su- supernatural realm right the spirits Angels and demons are different spirits that are interacting in the supernatural spirits realm. Spirits can't die either. No. Um, well, unless well, God eradicates it. Yeah, but he doesn't. Yeah, he might uh, at he, one point, yeah, d- depending yeah. on the view of how you view like eternal suffering. If you're kind of annihilation, I guess, I guess in or, my mind, it's just like when it, my mind just in, I guess what I'm saying is like my mind instantly went to Christ on the cross. You know, it's like yeah. if that was the reason why we became flesh and blood, bone, you know, 
why he put the spirit within a physical body. Like the reason why it was designed that way, because Christ was again the firstborn of creation. Mm-hmm. The design was always to have a body that could, mm-hmm. yeah, it, that it, could die. Yeah. Like in that way, that there would be this, <clears throat> where there would be this potential struggle <clears throat> that we would have to die to. Mm-hmm. You know, like Christ Himself had to die to it, right? Mm-hmm. He was tempted, like any other man. But he had to stay, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was never governed by his flesh. Yeah. <clears throat> I just think it was kind of cool that Amazing. The, the point that C.S. Lewis made after that was like, you know, talking about we can make light of death because it's such a morbid thought to us that we eventually have to be separated body from spirit because that's not what it was originally intended, but it's something we have to go through and then we will be with another physical form. But then he said, to understand the joke is to be more human than to not understand the joke and to understand basically to experience things is more human to, than to not experience things. And that's just something that a lot of other, that no other creature or no other creation really gets like things can feel pain, but they can't get like enjoyment from things like we can, they can't make rational decisions like we can. They just kind of do nature natural things and so that's well, yeah, a, even the grass yeah that's <laughs> like that's like a, screams uh, you know, like one of the beginning it. arguments he has is like for all the naturalists out there well if you just look into nature nothing really develops they literally it does what it's supposed to do in nature because it's according to the the natural according to what nature does like you don't have a civilization of apes that are rationally thinking okay so what we're going to do is we're going to have a supreme court justice that's going to dictate these laws amongst this no they just they're inherently doing what nature is telling them to do so there's obviously with humans we can see there's something outside of nature that gives us thought and rationale and we can do these things that are outside of nature that nothing within nature itself can do so there's some it points to something outside of nature so yeah it's um like i said but i just i just thought that it was really cool that you know we're talking about death and, and spirit and stuff but he's talking about like how it's just more human and stuff and like god gives us that you know going back to god's love where it's such an intricate thing like we're more human um but yeah you, you know he talks about in this verse too you know, setting, like you said, sets the lonely in families. Like he's a foundation for the lonely. Like that's kind of what I grasped. Yeah. Like if you're, if you're, Oh, I just heard that quote. Someone said, I don't remember where I heard it now, but like, you know, when you're with, when you're with God, you're home and that doesn't matter where you are. Mm. Like you could be, you could be, you could literally be alone out in the middle of the jungle somewhere and you wouldn't be alone. At all. Yeah. Mm. You don't need to feel lonely because you're not. You're not alone. You yeah. have a great host watching you and with you, literally. Like there's angels that that do come and minister to us when we do the work of God. They minister with us. They go before us. Like they're, you know, <clears throat> Christ and then not only that, but Christ is with you and Holy Spirit's in you. Yeah. <clears throat> God is watching you. He's speaking to you. I think the Holy Spirit's talking to us like all the time, actually. Mm. You know, people will say that they're they're like, we can't hear God's voice. Like, and, and it can be difficult at times. And yeah. God talks to us in different ways. And it's like some people literally just, <clears throat> I think God is unique. He He's unique to all of us, right? He knows exactly how we know how to hear him. 
And for a lot of people, it's written. I mean, it's just like I can read. That's how I learn. That's how I hear. That's how I comprehend. And God knows that. But some people need a little more nudge. And it's like, I can't sit here and be jealous for my brother because he heard the audible voice. It's like we can't let jealousy get into our minds. I was literally having this conversation with God this morning, too, about, uh, you know, feeling like I'm I'm not hearing God's voice. Inadequate or like something's wrong with me. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? Like if you're asking that question, it's probably like, well, there is something wrong with you. <laughs> Not in a way that's like to be judged, you know, or to be mm-hmm. like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just like, like, don't beat yourself up. Like, and I'm not beating you up. Like we, we, we all have that relationship with Christ and he knows the perfect thing mm-hmm. for you. So whatever that timing is, whatever he needs to say to you, mm-hmm. you know, we just need it, to keep that focus on searching after God, not yeah. to turn it to be like, well, God isn't listening to me. God doesn't hear me. It's like, no, just continue to live your life for Christ, but turn that into a seeking for God. Say like, God, like, even if I don't feel like I'm hearing from you, even if you're for some reason not speaking to me right now, I'm still going to praise you and follow after you until I do hear you or until whatever. I need like, a, we need maybe, a- maybe that is the whole purpose. Purpose. <laughs> Sorry, flipper. Um, but no, maybe that's the whole purpose is like, again, it's it's God nudging us to seek him deeper. Well, if you're not hearing me, I want you to get into my word more. I want you to study more about it. I want you to do this. And. And I'm and not that will saying benefit this is, yeah. us. And I'm not saying that's easy because again, I literally yeah. was having this conversation this morning. <laughs> Part of it is me being lazy. Like I know I need to get in the secret place more. I know I need to get in my word more. I know I need to get studying more about it. But like this morning, I'm asking like, God, why is it that other people hear you? And I don't seem to be hearing you. What's wrong with me? I'm asking these questions this morning, but I'm like, you know, God hits me and says like, be happy for your brothers. Like, they're doing great things. And I'm, I am. I am happy. I'm so happy that you're doing deliverance stuff. This is stuff that I probably would have been like heretic, like, you know, not yeah, even two years ago. Stones but like, me. I am so happy that you're doing like that. You're getting to experience God in an amazing way. I am so happy that Kiefer, you got to experience like Jesus in a way for you. That was just miraculous. Like, this is awesome. We, this is the stuff we need to be doing as a church, the edification and building up of others. You know, what was the quote we just went over or we heard the other day? If we're not, if we don't see a miracle, we should be a miracle to others. Like we should be that miracle to it's other people. It's the isolation is where the enemy comes and attacks. Like, listen, God does speak today. He does speak. He speaks. Yep. He speaks audibly. Sometimes he speaks to us. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. Right. Obviously, you heard the Lord because you just told me a bunch of things that he said to you, like, and you just got confirmation again. So, like, obviously, God is speaking to you. Like, I'm sitting here like you said you can't hear from God. You basically just told me a bunch of things that well, God told you. Another so, like, thing was God basic. I was like, God, I, I feel like I felt you for a while there when I was on paternity leave. But now I don't feel like I felt you for a while. And then after we got done praying and we started talking about stuff. I felt like God's spirit on me, like during these conversations and stuff. So it's like, okay, well, there's the trifecta. That's three. So that's the holy number of God, the Godhead. The there you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I guess what I'm saying is like, it's so easy for the enemy, for a Christian to allow the enemy to kind of sque- like if you're on the receiving end of this, you're listening to this podcast. Like if a part of you is like, oh, I don't agree with that or like or he's being this or that. It's like, listen, that's the voice of the enemy. It's not God. That's Mm -hmm. not coming from God. That's not my heart. That's not God's heart. That's not God's heart for you. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he's calling, he's, he's calling you in. He's drawing you in. And, and it's like the enemy is wedging in between. He's coming against you. 
Mm-hmm. So, like, another thing would be like speaking in tongues, but we'll do a whole. I'm not gonna. Yeah. We're, we're too late in the podcast to be like <laughs> talking too much about that. But it's like it's so easy to just be like, well, I've never experienced it, thus it's not real, or like to feel hurt because I haven't done it. And it's like we need to come before the Lord. The mm-hmm. Lord knows. The Lord knows your heart. He knows the timing that your heart needs. He knows exactly what you need specifically. But I mean, we do need to have like hunger, Mm -hmm. you know, and that groaning for more. Mm -hmm. Like when it turns in that desire, these things, you know, to go deeper. And it's like, Mm -hmm. we're all learning too. We're like, we're children. We are children learning to walk. You know, God is so much bigger than we are. He's so much further beyond us you know our our understanding of him is what you tell us in his word you know through the character and through the through the you know the the parallels and the the stories and the parables and and christ's life you know but but like you we how we started this podcast you know his love is so far beyond it's impossible to fully fathom it all Mm -hmm. and that i think that just goes with everything about god yeah and it's like, uh, we have to trust him. <laughs> like, it's like, trust him. That's what, that's what a grain of mustard seed is. You know, it's like, it's not about how much faith I have. It's like, well, if you just had more faith, you'd be able to hear from God. Or, or if you just had more faith, you'd be able to speak in tongues. No, that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. It's literally letting go. It's knowing the God who will, t- who can toss the mountain into the mm-hmm. sea. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't. Well, you can't see it, right? So that is faith. That is a, you, literally mm-hmm. you're saying like, I hate. I can't see this stuff, but I still believe you're going to work in me. Like, that's what faith is. It's like, I don't see it, but I believe it, God. I literally believe that you are who you say you are. You're going to do these things. And it, it kind of goes back, you know, something you said, um, you know, we, what, what, something me and my wife have been trying to pray is like, you know, we, we do a, a, occasionally buy lottery tickets here and there, but we do pray to God. We're like, Hey God, if you want to bless us, that's great. But I will say this. If it's going to be something that takes us further away from you, we don't want it. As much as I would like to have $168 million in my bank account and not have to go to work, if it's something that would take me away from God, so be it. And and that's something that we have to think about with these powers, too. I, I, I don't want to say this as powers as in, like, superhuman powers that, like... Well, I mean, it kind of is. Like, well, yeah, it's but, the, It's you know, from God. I, I don't want to... I, I don't want to take it the the route of, like, the comic book powers, like a video game where you can just get them and stuff, because that's not what it is. But, like, we've also got to say that God has, like you said, timing. So what, what happens if maybe I did get the gift of tongues and then all of a sudden I turned it against God for some reason earlier in my life? Or, or, if I, or built some pride in your life where yeah. it's like, oh, look at me. Yep. Like something's wrong with them, that person or. Yeah, exactly. You know, or like what's wrong with her? You know, what's wrong with him? You know, because you're doing it and they're not, you know. So, yeah, I mean, the Bible does talk about in your youth being careful to have people in, in leadership uh, at their youth. And my wife, again, was telling me in her studies that, you know, part of the reason why we don't have earlier, um, earlier, like um, in, in the lives of the disciples and stuff in Jesus is because typically in Jewish culture, you couldn't be in a form of leadership until you were over the age of 30. So they didn't in- include or listen to anything under the age of 30 that you would have done. So like literally like teenage, 20 year old, whatever Jesus and stuff, we don't have like anything For, on it because as a rabbi. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, to be a rabbi, you'd have to be 30. Again, Cause Jesus was Jewish. 
like he he came through and did all this stuff. So there was a, a lot of relating to people in the Jewish capacity to say, look, I am the Messiah. I'm going to relate to you. I'm going to tell you these parables. I think every single story was in there for a purpose because these were Jewish believers who wrote these things to Jewish people because they're like, look, this makes sense. Why would I include this demon being released from this girl or the way that um, I spit on this guy or something, you know, like it, um, again, my wife was telling me something about like the whole, um, you know, why he, he uh, spit in the, on the hand and placed it on his tongue or something. It was like a, um, it was like he was not mocking the demons, but he was, um, rebuking the 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 blindness or something and so it was like there was a demon there or something because why would he rebuke a sickness instead of like a demon you know like a healing you just kind of yeah there's a couple of those in the in the gospels so when you're rebuking something it's like or cursing she said that's what it was she said he was actually when he was doing that he was cursing the the sickness so why would you curse a sickness if it's not a demonic entity? That's something that I, I kind of thought of when she said that. So there's, you know, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. it's just how much sickness is demonic. It's like yeah. these these questions we can't get answers to, you know, but but anyways, yeah, I was just um, saying, you know, we, we try to pray for stuff that, you know, I, I don't want something that if I get it too early or I get too much of it or if I even get something that's going to make me more prideful and fall further away from God, or if it's going to take, because the gifts of God are good, but we obviously use them for horrible things sometimes. So yeah, I don't selfish want, things. Yeah, yeah. I don't want that. So, well, you know, I, I wonder, you know, I wonder how much of Matthew seven about the, you know, many will say to me on that day, like how much of them were actually working in true power or miracles. You know, people will say that they, you know, I mean, I've had literally people say, like, you shouldn't even be casting out demons. Like, that doesn't save you. It's like, of course not. <laughs> you know, yeah. but like Jesus commanded us to do it. Like, those who believe will do it. So I'm doing it. You know, I'm already I'm already in relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's why I want to do it. You know, but people will literally look at the verse and go, you shouldn't do that. Or you should be concerned about doing that because whew, you're going to be one of those people on that day. It, that's yeah. such a demonic thing. It's like it's this lie that it's like if you're. You know what I mean? If you're prophesying in his name, now you're potentially a false prophet and you're not saved. Mm-hmm. If you're casting demons in his name, you're potentially not a prop. You're potentially not in relationship with him. And he's going to say, depart from you, you worker of iniquity. Like, I'm sorry, that's not me. Yeah. So I'm actually casting de- demons. So, so, <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. it's just like, it's the, well, it's, a, it's that, the same thing. You're casting demons for the power of Belzebub. It, it's that illogical fallacy that our minds like to jump and make conclusions from inaccurate information. Mm-hmm. It's so, an insecurity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an insecurity. It's an insecurity in knowing who our father is. We mm-hmm. are sons of God. And I want to read this here real quick too. I know we, I don't know. You were thinking maybe of skipping it for this episode, but Isaiah Isaiah 43, five through six, do not be afraid for I am with you. I will bring your children from the East and gather you from the West, bring my sons from afar and my daughters from the ends of the earth. I mean, we're looking at, at, I mean, this is Christ. This is what the great commission is doing right now too. I'm pretty sure this is right. Mm Isaiah is prophesying this event. And he's right now gathering up his sons, his daughters, his children, and bringing them into the family. But I love her. Just do not be afraid, for I am with you. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I've heard people say, 
you know, you know, being concerned for me about casting demons or be like I said too, being concerned that I'm not saved because, you know, you prophesy or, you know, you get, you see some of these teachers that I follow on YouTube there. There's like, you know, there's always the exposed videos on them. You know, you got all these her- heresy hunters out there, you know, mm-hmm. the watchman channels that all they all they do is do this, you know? And it's like, I am not afraid for the Lord is with me because he is my father. He has gathered me and, and his love bears all things, endures all things. What can I do to separate myself from his love? Nothing, mm-hmm. nothing. And I, and it's like, because of that, it makes me want to keep pressing in. And that's how I know the fruit, the f- there's evidence, you know, like, do you, do you need security in your walk with the Lord? You know, you, you were talking about like having that doubt, having those doubts or having the attack from the enemy kind of mm-hmm. s- sow that, that s- serpent seed in your mind, you know, <clears throat> Do not be afraid. I am with you. I, Can we trust that? Can yeah. I trust that word? Because if I trust that word, that means he is my God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not. I didn't walk through the split calf. You know, I didn't hang on the cross physically. Christ did. He well, did it for me. And if I believe that, what? I am saved. Right. Well, and it just I'm feels secure. so legalistic, too, where it's like, I'm going to judge my brother in Christ how they're finding Christ. It's not about works. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. It's, it's like, like, it's literally ignoring step one, two, three to point a finger at step five. It's like, what are we doing? And it's, it's weird that people get so hung up and it does, it feels legalistic. Like it, it absolutely part of it is, you know, talk again, talking about the gifts is like you said, it's insecurity that we, we feel awkward if we're not experiencing it. So something's wrong with me. No, there's not. I know I'm a, a, a Christian believer, so something must be wrong it's with that. It's a pride them. issue. And right. pride so the, yeah. is pervasive through all of it. I mean, we all struggle with pride. So they say like... I mean, in some sense, in some way, we do. Oh, well, I, w- I was prophesying and doing all these things in your name. Depart from me, for I never knew you. So we make this illogical fallacy that says, oh, so that must mean that if you do these things that you're not a part of God. Yeah, instead or, you're, of, or you're on the fence. You're well, on that line. You're on that danger yeah, line. Maybe mm-hmm. that just means that you never knew Christ and what you're saying is a lie. Like, like, why wouldn't that be more logical than to these things don't happen after Jesus literally had a whole ministry? And as he's saying these things, he's doing these things. And like you said, commanding like this, these signs will follow the people who believe in me and follow after me. These, yeah. You know, like, like, why do we forget that one? Well, yeah, no, no, just will. the apostles. Well, he didn't put a quotation after it saying just for my apostles, you know, like, so well, I think of like, I, I, I just want to throw this out there, too, because like when John the Baptist was in prison, he, he was still like kind of uncertain, even though he had the confirmation at the baptism, he was still uncertain. He want he sent out his disciples to go question Jesus. And what did, what did Jesus say to them? You know, like, well, if you don't believe the word, believe the signs, believe mm-hmm. what you see and hear. Yep. And go back and tell them now, you know, so it's like there's there. Jesus always accompanies the message with power. I mean, yeah. it really is. And, you know, unfortunately, the American church hasn't seen much of the power, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's coming. And, yeah. you know, it's not heresy. It's not scary. It's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And we need to invite the Holy Spirit back into the life, you know. Yep. And that's part that's of dying to ourselves, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's part of that, that's the hard thing. If if you don't feel Christianity is hard, you probably aren't dying to yourself. Like you aren't and I, I'm not again, this isn't a condemnation to everybody. This is this oh, is like an edification, like because this is stuff that I need to work on. It, it, again, 
I some of these things I know people when they hear these terms like toxic masculinity or Americanism and stuff, they're automatically thinking in political terms in America. We're not using those in the same sense necessarily as culture, but you know, there are things that like guys do that are toxic. I, I personally, to me, I know it's semantical. I don't think there's a toxic masculinity because I don't think masculinity is toxic. I just think there's there's people who act like macho, which that's wrong, you know, or they do things that are toxic who are masculine people. Yeah, it's a, you well, know, it's, I know that's well, a semantical. It, it, yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, but. it's like a it's a it is a pride thing. It's a pride thing. Yeah, it's a pride thing because women will do it, too. You know, you flex, yep. you flex with your looks, you flex with your makeup, men flex with their muscles, flex with their with their, you know, sexual conquests, you know, which is the world. You yeah. know, it's like I'm not comparing infidelity with yeah. with wearing makeup either. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. we all do it. We all have this pride where we want to we want to become this person to the peers around us to appear more important Mm-hmm. And it's like a Christianity is like the opposite of that. Yep. Truly, it's becoming less you and more Christ. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we're going to probably wrap up this episode. I know we went a little bit over here, but, um, you know, we had a little bit to uh, cover at the beginning of stuff. We felt like, again, we just wanted to share the love of Christ. I know, like I said, that feels like a cliche to people, but um, we just kind of want to share the the depth of the love of Christ because that's what the gospel is, right? Is sharing the love of God is telling people that God loves you. Like that's what um, I was talking about on TikTok you know, today. Too, again, man. he's, he's with you. He's, he's, he wants to comfort you. He, I mean, that's literally one of his names is the great comforter. Um, I mean, we get this image of God being like this guy with a hammer trying to smite us because people do wrong and rebel against God and God has a righteous judgment but the thing is, when you look at most of these stories, God could have demolished us so many times, but yet he always gives us a way for redemption and he gives us time to repent. But there does come a point where his judgment has to come. Yeah. Like that's the thing that people, people got mad with him with the Amalekites. And I saw a video on this today where it's like they had over 400 years to turn back to God. And yet they went more into their debauchery. They literally like double, triple, quadrupled down on what they were doing, sacrificing their children, you know, orgies, whatever it is, you know, God, God not ordained things they were doing, but God had the mercy to allow them so much rebellion in his face for so long. And it's like, that's the God we serve is he's merciful. He's giving you time to get on the ark and repent. He's giving you time to turn to God and repent. He's giving you that time to stand in the fire with him. Like, it's just, we have it so backwards in our minds and the, and Satan has deceived us so much. So we just want you guys to know God's adopted you. It means that you weren't his child to begin with, but like he created you to be appointed his child. And now we get to be a part of his family. If we believe on Christ and what he did on the cross, like that was our original intent. We we are to be a part of God's family. Um, and, uh, so we just want you guys to think about that this week. Um, Kiefer, you got anything to, you know, lay down any knowledge, John, anything? Good stuff. This is good stuff. Very, very, I mean, I know we, we, episode. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we went all over the place too a little bit, but I felt like we honed it in there. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it's a great topic. It's a, that's what you do. That's what you listen to a podcast for, right? Yeah. So people can go all over the place for a little bit. <laughs> so we, we thank you guys for listening. Um, like I said, sorry for going over a little bit, but you got a little extra free content today. There you go. So, um, again, 
hit the like or share button. Um, you know, John has a deliverance TikTok. Uh, he talks about more than deliverance, but um, TikTok at John Vandaloo. Yep, John Vandaloo. Yep. And then my handle is at Twelve Stones Media because that's our media company. So, um, but yeah, give us some looks there. You can hear some more hot topics on those kind of sites because those are kind of more of our whatever we feel God leading us to to speak about on there. Um, so I think it's kind of more of by the seat of your pants, kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, whatever we yeah. kind of feel like there, but, um, um, and then, you know, Kiefer does great things. You guys will see that if you watch our stuff. So I don't know if there's anywhere to subscribe to your stuff. It's just, <laughs> you know, our stuff, really. but, uh, hit the like, hit the share button. Thanks for listening. You guys have a blessed, uh, night day, wherever you're, whatever time you're listening this yeah. to. It's five o'clock somewhere, <laughs> holy wise, not beer wise. <laughs> so uh, thank you and, and God bless. Yeah, God bless. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to today's podcast episode. If you've enjoyed it, please click the like and share buttons on whichever platform you're on. And you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We hope that you had a good time and hope the conversation brought some joy into your life. Have a blessed day and join us next time on the Heart of the Matter podcast.